Late mail edition for round 13 of the Supercoach Champions. You've got Catfish here to take you through Wacko's Whispers and also to tackle your Twitter questions for another week. Jeez, carnage this week. It is not fun. But it also is kind of fun, right? This is this is the time that some of our Supercoaches really live for. But look, let's get straight into it. Here's Wacko's Whispers. You've got mail, baby, yeah. Alright, so Wacko's Whispers for round 13. Starting off the Thursday night game, we've got the Dragons and the Roosters. So for the Dragons, uh, they had Ewan Aiken in some doubt, um, but he's been cleared to play, so he should be good to go. Marin and Kloon are both back in after missing last weekend due to uh, concussion. Um, Jackson Ford, Tyson Frizzell, Blake Laurie all fit to play. Uh, Tristan Sale is expected to see more minutes this week, which should in turn see Ben Hunt spend more time at hooker and Cam McInnes spend more time at lock. Uh, so the other thing that's just dropped is Paul Vaughan apparently has been busted uh, admitting that he went to a cafe in Illawarra and breached NRL COVID bubble um, restrictions, things like that. So there's a good chance he's going to be stood down. So if that's the case, I think uh, you've got Cade Ellis and Corey Norman still in the 19. So I would assume Cade Ellis will come into the bench and we might see Blake Laurie um, partnered by, I don't know, it's a good, tough call. Maybe maybe Marin goes into prop. Yuck. Or, sorry, no, probably probably Josh Kerr. Josh Kerr is probably the guy who's going to start um, up front next to Laurie. Uh, but you know, that's probably good signs from Kinnis' uh, minutes and also for maybe even Jackson Ford for a sneaky pod, for those looking at him, for one or two short uh, week rental. Over the Roosters, the Roosters obviously lost JMoz and JWH as well. Both failed to overcome calf injuries. Now, uh, the Roosters have named Orbison in the second row, but the captain's run picks sort of indicated that he's going to play at left centre, uh, with Nat Butcher starting on the right edge next to Lachlan Lamb and uh, Tupanua to start on the left edge. Uh, Lindsay Collins will move into the starting prop spot and Daniel Fafita comes back into the onto the interchange and Max Bailey will make his NRL debut, both off the bench. Now, uh, the reason we've got this uh, suspicion, I think, for Wacko is that last week we saw Tupanua named in the edge, on the edge rather, but in the captain's run here we saw him training at left centre and that's where he ended up playing. So I think um, despite what the Roosters have named, that might be the sneaky lake switch. So uh, unfortunately for all the owners, you might not feel you have the safest, safest points this week, but he'll still make you some cash and he's obviously done well for you the last couple of weeks. The other thing to note is obviously... Uh, Taka Aho will be goal-kicking, that's been confirmed, and Trent Robinson has confirmed also during the week that he dropped Flanagan in favour of Lachlan Lamb, and um, there's a question mark as to when Flano will get back in. He's got to earn the spot from Lamb, and Lamb has the op- opportunity to keep his spot too if he plays well. So that'll be really interesting to watch how, how that battle turns out. Question mark is how that affects Taka Aho, because, I mean, you know, this is like kind of like Corey Parker, right? Back when he used to have the goal kicking, it was a it was a huge boost to his scores. So, real interesting watch there. Now for this next game, the Seagulls, uh, they are expecting to be without Curtis Sirenin, so he's going to be checked at the captain's run. Basically, the expectation is he's been ruled out. 
Uh, that'll see Corey Waddell starting on the right edge, and Morgan Boy will come on to the bench. And Brendan Elliott, he did cop a head knock last week, but he's still expecting to play. The Warriors expect to be 1-17, to with both Lawton and uh, CHT expected to overcome their respective injuries to play. The Friday night game got the Rabbitohs and the Broncos. The Rabbitohs uh, lost Jaden Sewer um, after he got done at the judiciary. That'll see Jack Johns coming onto the bench with Cam Murray expecting to move on to the left edge, Bailey Siren into the right edge, and Liam Knight will start at lock. Adam Reynolds expected to play after he went off with the burner to his shoulder, but he trained all week, so he should be fine. For the Broncos, more reshuffles. Matt Lodge comes in, uh, and he should replace Reese Kennedy. Uh, David Fafita confirmed to return. It's just a question mark whether he comes on the left or the right edge. The reason being is uh, in round one, the only round that Fafita and Pangai have both played in so far. Um, Fafita was left edge next to Milford. Pangai was right edge next to Croft. So the the issue is, is last week, Pangai was playing left edge, Offa Hengau is playing right edge, and we know Fafita can play both sides, so it'll be interesting. Now, uh, Flegler will play despite having a wrist injury last week. Brody Croft returns. And the question is, is whether he plays left or right. So previously, uh, Croft played right and Dearden played left. But there's a chance that Dearden's going to stay on the right and Croft played on the left. And um, that's obviously going to change things around a little bit. Now, Katoni Staggs, he'll not be stood down for this game. Um, despite, obviously, the, the midweek dramas with the revenge porn claims and all that kind of stuff. But uh, at this point in time, it seems Staggs did nothing wrong. He's the victim here, and therefore he should be able to go ahead and play. I uh, haven't heard anything otherwise, so I, I, like, I'm considering getting him in, so I think he'll be a good shout. Now, for the first game on Saturday, the Storm and the Bulldogs. So for the Storm, a couple of guys who copped head knocks last week, Vunavalu and Kenny Bromwich, both cop some head knocks but they played on should be right to play there are concerns about the fitness of Jerome Hughes and Felice Kafusi and Cooper Johns and Chris Lawson are on standby they are going to be ruled out Justin Ollum should be returning after he withdrew late last week due to ankle injury obviously Pappenhausen being rested Cam Smith injured Brandon Smith starting at hooker I, I would expect Hughes should be fine I can't see them resting Pappenhausen if there's going to be question marks about Hughes being available for this game and on the Bulldogs side they are expecting to be 117 just needing Sione Katoa to um, get the final clearance to travel to Queensland due to the whole vaccination issue that uh, the other guys have had to deal with and Avrilo and Fatella Mariner both had some um, they both had to overcome head knocks to play but they should be fine so no issues there next game for the Knights and the Tigers so for the Knights, they do they are sweating on the fitness of Lachlan Fitzgibbon because he failed his game day HIA. And with just a six-day turnaround, he has to pass every stage of the um, protocols um, in order to be able to play. That includes obviously taking part in the captain's run, which will be on Friday to prove his fitness. If he's ruled out, then Brody Jones, who is returning from his own rib injury, he'll start. And Jero Mamasia is going to come onto the bench. Now, Tex Hoy is named on the extended bench with Phoenix Crossland at the 14. That's um, potentially going to change, so Hoy will come in, Crossland will miss out, and also Randall will not come to the 17 either. Now, Inari Tuala expected to play right center. Shibasaki is going to play left 
um, with Stafford Toa on the left side as well. Blake Green's going to come in uh, after only signing for the club midweek. He'll be on the left side. Bradman Best is out indefinitely at this point in time, still waiting on results. He saw a surgeon yesterday, I believe. And best case scenario is still going to be a six-week stint on the sidelines, so he's a definite sell if that's the case. Now on the Tigers' side, uh, again, mass changes, but Adam Dewey expected to be fine to play, so they expect to be 117. Uh, turns out Matt Eisenhuth had a knee injury, so he missed last week's game for that reason. Now, the Tigers do have a new look left edge. So Tommy Talao at the center, the debutant Asu Kapawa on the left wing, and that'll be with Lucy and the new left side half, Luke Brooks, with our Walters back to the bench. Joey Lelua comes back to slot him back into his old right center spot. Uh, Harry Grant's knee injury is confirmed as a minor meniscus issue. He's expected to be back next week, which is good news for owners, and he'll get to play the Bulldogs, which is good news for owners again. Now, uh, I guess with Walters, you know, there's a chance that he's probably going to spend some time spelling Moses Mbai. He's playing hooker this week, so that's not ideal, basically. Now, next game for Saturday night, Panthers and the Raiders. The Panthers won the 17. Uh, the only concern was Isaiah Yo, but he passed the game to HIA. They're all trained this week, so it's kind of not fair. You know, top of the table, no injury concerns at this point in time. In their 17, they're all playing. On the Raiders side, so they'll get CNK back after he missed last week's injury uh, game due to a finger injury. Uh, Whitehead suffered an ankle issue, but he's expected to be playing. No late changes expected, so uh, that's good news for the Raiders too. Now, with the Titans and the Cowboys, first game on the Sunday, the Titans do have Jai Arrow in doubt after he copped the HIA last game. He's expected to play, reporting he's progressed in each stage of the HIA protocols but final decision made at captain's run, which will be on Saturday. Sam Lazone has been a late withdrawal the last two weeks due to shoulder injury, again being checked at captain's run. Brian Kelly should be fine to play, no issues there. Now, the Cowboys finally get their captain, Michael Morgan, back from a shoulder injury. However, uh, his wife's about to give birth to his first child, so he could be a late withdrawal if that <laughs> that, that kid comes on game day. So, um, you know, you can't, can't blame the guy, right? Uh, Jake Clifford's on standby, obviously, there. Now, um, the Hammer, Hamiso Fido, who uh, should be pl- able to play. They all trained this week, so also Opicic and Carl Felt and Ben Hampton all had some knocks and minor concerns. They all should be playing, so no issues there. And the final game of the round with the Sharks, they have um, both centers, so Jesse Ramey and Josh Dugan, both in some doubt due to hamstring injuries. Again, captains on Saturday will tell us all but they, sh- they did take part in field sessions during the week. Now, Matt Moylan has finally returned to full training the last two weeks and expected to partner Johnson in the halves. Jack Williams, again, is expected to start the lock with Toby Rudolph drop- dropping back to the bench as per usual. And lastly, for the Eels, only player of concern is Murata Nukore, who didn't train with the squad this week due to HIA protocols. Again, he needs to pass the protocols, take part in the captain's run to be able to play. If he's ruled out, Andrew Davey will start on the right edge and Takarangi come onto the bench. Ray Stone's confirmed to play, finally, after returning to training this week, following a broken hand. Oh, that's so much, so much drama. But as always, you've got to play in your teams, right? So make sure you dig into that in detail and um, make adjust changes accordingly. And again, thanks to Wacko for allowing us to read out his whispers on our podcast. Um, it's... Uh, I, uh, I swear one day we'll get him on so we can do it with him 
himself. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Alright, so make sure you catch up on those whispers. Uh, plenty of decisions that we need to make as a result. And just make sure you adjust your team as always, but even more so this week, it's critical. Alright, so straight into uh, your questions for this week. So starting off with one from uh, Harry at Anpanha85. So he says, Hi guys, I'm after your opinion. First trade is Cam Smith to Jazz Tavanga. I think my second trade is Hammer to McInnes or Tauke Aho. I only want to trade in keepers now, which is why I think McInnes is safer. But Tauke Aho kicking goals is enticing. Do you think Tauke Aho could be a keeper? Cheers. But I think, um, and he's also posted his team. So I'm looking here, he's got Cam Smith and Harry Grant at hooker. So he has to trade one of them, obviously, unless he wants to run the AE plan. Uh, in the front row, he's got Payne Haas, Tapao, Carrigan, and Rudolph. And in the back row, he's got Tamalolo, Leilua, Katoa, Madison, and then Firma and Anderson. So, look, looking at those names, I think, firstly, I deal with Taka Aho. Obviously, if he's kicking, and he's going to have that for the rest of the year, which I don't expect him to, but if he does, then absolutely, he is going to be a dead set keeper. You know, goal kicking ordinarily adds another 8 to 12 points on average. I'd say the Roosters goal kicker, that usually means more points for them. But the thing that needs to be considered is, is he probably isn't on the field for the full 80 minutes, so he may not get to benefit from the full amount of kicking that Flanagan normally does. So Flanagan has kicked uh, 55 goals from 68 attempts so far this year, roughly 81% kicking average. And that equates to about 16.1, 16.2 supercoach points per game just from goal kicking. So if Taka Aho is only on the field for, let's say, 60, 65 minutes max, he's probably going to miss out on a couple of goal kicks per game. So I'd say conservatively, it's probably going to be a 12-point bump to his average, which that lifts him into an elite territory. He's been going really well already off the back of extended minutes, though, um, as you know, I've mentioned in the past. JWH, his minutes have been lower. He's obviously dealing with some more injuries this week. So I think at the very least, and he, he's probably a safe pick if he hangs on at least, even if it's just one or two weeks for the goal kicking, it's going to be great for these two weeks. And at the very least, he's going to be in team as the 18th, 19th man for the rest of the season. I think he's a very safe pick uh, for that reason. So I know that's a bit different to what I said in the podcast on Tuesday, but you know, Sometimes you have to sit down, you reevaluate. I thought Flanagan was out just for you know being rested or actually just being um, you know maybe carrying an injury or whatever. But since the news came out that Trent Robinson's come out said he's actually been dropped, he's got to earn his place back. Lachlan Lamb's got a chance to nail down that spot. So if that's the case, and I think it's worth a punt, and I think he's a great great option this week. McInnes is safer. Um, I think we saw his probably his worst game last week and he scored 50 odd so if that's his floor you know we know what his ceiling roughly is uh with the new setup he's going to play more minutes at hooker which is generally good for him you know when he played 80 minutes at hooker he was averaging 75 80 points in base and base attack which was elite obviously that's dropped off a little and i don't know that that's just because of you know the the rotations the minutes whatever you know mary loves his mid-game spine shuffles so yeah, look, I think if you had to pick between the two, I do think uh, I would pick Takahu for your team. And hopefully, you know, that, that's going to strengthen your back row a little bit more because you'll need to move Carrigan down, I believe. So 
yeah all right uh, that's that question there next question comes in from Rob McAndrew at Rob underscore McAndrew thoughts on Taka Ho can he legitimately challenge to be a top two or three forward for the run in if he's goal kicking yes he is he's right up there next to Payne Haas almost given the averages but look you look at his current average right season average of roughly 62.5 five round average of a shade under 70 you tack an extra 10 to 12 points onto that that's above Payne Haas so yeah as long as he's got the goal kicking he is legitimately top two or three but it's a question of does he have it just for one week does Flanner come back next week or whatever at the very least I think he's still going to average 60 to 65. I don't expect him to be averaging 70 for the rest of the year just because of his inflated minutes lately. But yeah, it's a big question mark. Like I said, I think he's a very safe trade in this week or next week. Uh, sorry, this week for at least one or two weeks, if not longer, depending on what happens with Flanagan. All right, next question comes in from at Elkington Rob. I'm going to run no hooker for an auto emergency. What can you do? But my options for fixing other issues is copying firmer or the hammer. Which sandwich would you prefer to have with sauce? Look, I don't mind copying the auto emergency, but the thing is, is you it depends on your team setup. So you mentioned firma, you mentioned the hammer. So aren't you going to get those guys as your auto emergencies anyway, unless you're trading them out? Uh, the, the only reason I would go out of my way to cop the auto emergency is if your guys outside the 17... Um, you know, elsewhere in the hooker position are guys like who, you know, are going to score 40, 50 minimum and you cop that for a week or whatever. Uh, obviously, the benefits is you get the free loop potentially. Um, you know, it means you can vice captain Teddy instead or things like that. So that's the way I would look at it. I certainly think it's a legitimate option. I just don't think it's really, it, it, it's very dependent on your team structure, basically. Next question comes in from Duncan at Duncan. Um numbers thoughts on mwz as a smoky for a month before tor returns the right wingers have scored really well the last five six weeks and cleary has been favoring that side of late they have the warriors which shouldn't be which mightn't be too fruitful but warriors sharks tigers and the broncos yeah absolutely the the panthers draw is fantastic it's a tougher game this week but yeah i like having panthers the only problem i have with mwz is that i i think dean fire is back next week which means I don't know whether he goes to right center and Nadine goes out to the right wing. Um, and, I mean, I saw a video of Brian Torr running already, so I know he's listed as round 17, and it could just still be round 17, but uh, there's every chance he comes back early. So that's my only hesitation with that. Uh, look, it'd be a, a great pod play to jump on for one week, but this is not the right week, right? This is the tougher matchup. You want him for the upcoming run. So I think if, if Fares out and... and if he's actually back and healthy and he's still not getting picked in the team, then yeah, maybe you can take the flyer on MWZ for sure. Next question is from uh, Mr. Smith at Mr. Incognito. Brandon, I assume that's Brandon Smith, or Munster versus the Dogs, and for the run home, who does better? Well, it's definitely Munster. Brandon Smith's like a one, two, three-week rental at most. Whenever Cam Smith's back, you want to get Brandon out of your team. Munster's a hold for the season. Um, as for who scores better this week, potentially, yeah, Brandon might score better. But um, longer term, yeah, Munster's points will definitely be worth it. And, you know, Munster's goal-kicking at the moment while Smith's out. Not that Munster's a fantastic kicker. But, yeah, look, I would back Munster um, to over 
to to outscore him over the next two weeks at the very least. But maybe as a single week play, then maybe Brandon this week. Hope that answers your question. So next question, it's not a question, it's a comment. Uh, Cooper McKenzie at Cooper MCK says, Wilf, I will never forgive you for convincing me to get Milford at the start of the year. Uh, look, he scored 63 across the first two weeks before the COVID shutdown. Things have fallen off the wheels for the Broncos since then, and I don't think it's Milford's fault solely. Uh, I think Milford was doing exactly what I expected him to do in rounds one and two. That's running the ball, that's being dangerous, and getting to do his thing. Now, the issues with him have been far more relating to the Broncos rather than, I think, him specifically. And obviously, he it's frustrating, right, as an owner. I know, because I still own him. I've been trying to sell him for a couple of weeks, but I just can't get rid of him. But, you know, you've had plenty of opportunities to, get to ditch him. And I've been telling people to sell him for at least the last eight weeks. So, yeah, uh, since yeah, since the game, the since the Titans game actually. So maybe not eight weeks, six weeks at least. But after the Broncos lost to the Titans, I've said sell. So can't blame that on me. And at the very least, you know, he came out starting off really well. So it is what it is. I mean, who could have predict- predicted our season would get shut down, and the Broncos would absolutely pooped their pants and crapped the bed after they came back from the COVID-19 situation. Uh, you know, if, if, if anyone predicted that, then well done. Probably get the lot of numbers from them next. Next question comes from uh, one of our champs at Brennan Fenton at Defense. Looking at going Grant Bateman as my first trade, I also want to get rid of my team of Hammer, and he's got 320000 to spend on a center wing or back rower, and wondering my best what my best option is. Orbo and Talakar are the ones that come to mind. Uh, other option, there's nothing hammer and playing with just 17 this week. Um, look, I probably would avoid Orbo because I think he's playing center this week and he's, I mean, he still might go all right, but I wouldn't back him too. He's not being fantastic at center. And Talakai, I mean, there's, there's a chance he doesn't even start this week and even then he's not going to play 80. So I'm not sold on Talakai either. I think, if you if you specifically want a center wing back rower, I think you might want to either just nuff out or look at some other options because I don't think there's anyone under that um, amount that's going to be worthwhile. Next question comes in from um, at Brody Copeland seven. He asks, "What's the best center wing under five hundred and twenty thousand? So uh, I think there's a quite a few names that pop up here, but my first one actually I think look Tony Stags, he's coming off that big big score and I think he looks fantastic definitely passes the eye test and he's got the goal kicking now so I think he's really kind of a safe option he's 497 so he definitely um is good value there and he could go all right this week yeah, I think he'll, he's going to be running Campbell Graham so yeah it'd be not a bad option there um other options obviously Mike Acevo we know what he can do obviously the seven last week's not great but 473,000 he might drop a bit more in price but yeah, I don't mind him. He'll have a good run home. Looking at Alex Johnston, obviously off the back of 138, the previous week he scored a 7 because he went off injured uh, after just 17 minutes. So his break-even this week is only 21, but after the 7 drops out of his rolling average, he's going to skyrocket in price. Yeah, he's got the Broncos this week and then the Cowboys next week. So 
I think he could go quite well the next two weeks. Not 138 good, but he could be at least another one or two tries on offer, if not more, across these two weeks. Keeping in mind, you know, there wasn't that long ago where uh, I think Sivo scored four tries or three tries on that right edge of the Cowboys as well. And I know SI Masters is gone now, but when the Souths are on, obviously a lot goes through Cody Walker. Latrell both favor the left-hand side, so... Um, Latrell and AJ worked really well last week on that left side. I know they were targeting the right on purpose, but yeah, I mean, if the right side of the Cowboys and the right side of the Broncos are weak as well, then certainly I can understand why he'd be an option there. Uh, I mean, if you want like a one-week rental, Latrell's not a bad shout against the Broncos and then the Cowboys, but he, I mean, we know he's risky. He, he won't have the goal kicking this week to boost his scores, so that's a bit scary. Uh, look, I think yeah, those are probably the main ones I've talked about on Tuesday's pod. Uh, I talked about Ruben Garrick, uh, a bit of a flyer. He's cheap, only 337000 and it's more like a long longer-term purchase. So good, good game this week, a couple of tough ones afterwards, but then those last four rounds, I think he could go off as well. So you don't have to get him this week. You can look at him in coming weeks as well so yeah um, that that price tag is tough there's obviously some i mean even brent naden you could look at uh just getting another panther who's not josh mansour because stephen Crichton's just choking him out of any relevancy uh but yeah yeah look i think those are probably the, the the key names that kind of jump out at me there are some others but they're just they're they're even more risky than the likes of ruben garrick so that's not ideal I will say, like, Will Hopawati, in two three, two, three rounds' time, he should be back. And he was going quite well at fullback before he got hurt. So, just keep that on the radar, so to speak. Next question comes in from Mitch, uh, at Mitch underscore Phillips. With Grant out and Storm playing Roosters next week, is there a case for holding Cam Smith and selling Grant to Jazz this week? Grant's peaked and Tigers have a tough run home, so I'm thinking of saving trade by keeping Cam Smith, so I can, as I can see him wanting to play the Roosters next week. Look, I can see your reasoning here. Uh, it means that, so you keep Smith, you get Grant um, to Jazz, and then I guess he's your backup until Smith's back, and then you roll him out. The only issue I have with that is, um, per my chat with um, NRL Physio, even if he rushes back next week, there is concern that, you know, another bad knock to the shoulder, and he could be sitting on the sidelines for not just a week or two, but for a bit longer, because it's going to, cause further damage potentially so that's a bit of an issue I don't know if uh, I know he wants to play the Roosters but I don't know if they're going to rush him back to to do that um, rather than jeopardizing the rest of the season and because they're, they're sitting pretty at the top near the top of the table whereas the Roosters are actually a bit further back um, because of you know their poor start at the beginning so yeah look I would lean towards just selling Smith anyway uh, we have so many trades and I know, unless you've like absolutely max traded, uh, and I don't know what the shape of your team looks like, but I can imagine you probably have more than enough trades to finalize your team and still get um, you know, Smith back later down the track. So that's the way I would lean. I can see a reasoning, though, and if you, if you have that confidence in Smith being back sooner rather than later and you have confidence playing him, um, even if he's rushed back, then I don't have an issue with it. Back your gut in that call. Next question comes in from uh, at Osman Numbers. Firstly, Tohu or Tavanga or Paulo in. 
Secondly, Luttrell and Tavanga with Teddy C, no leap possible at Walters AE. Or Hammer and Tavaga slash Tohu slash Paulo and Teddy uh, Vice Captain and Munster Captain. He has a free loop as only 17 players. All right, so let's start with the Tohu, Tavanga, Paulo. Kind of similar to what I was saying on the earlier podcast this week. I do have question marks about the Tohu rotation because as soon as Tavanga came, black, t- came back, started off on that edge, played 80 minutes on the right edge, but his his base dropped. Uh, then there was a, the game afterwards where I think he rotated a little into the middle, but he still spent most of the time on the edge. Then this week we saw he started on the edge, went off, then came back and played strictly in the middle for the last 30, 30, you know, 30 33 minutes or so or thereabouts. Only played 61 all up, so I don't know is my answer on Tohu. I can't get a read on it. He He's changed a fair bit in the last few weeks in terms of his minutes and his, his role. So I don't know if that's because they're playing around with that, trying to work out what's best for him or whatever it is. But for now, I, I can't say with confidence that I would want to trade in Tohu for 605000 um, breaking in 64, so it's not too bad. But it's just, you know, you look at his last couple of scores. I mean, uh, 52, 76, 82. 82 is with the try. Uh, 76 was, you know, with him playing 80 and, and spending some time in the middle. 52 is when he stayed on the edge. And he, I think he came off in the final minute or something like that. So that's the issue I have. I just don't know what his role is. The last three weeks, he's done something different each week. So... Uh, I have a bit more confidence to Vanga because he's not going to get less than 50 minutes. He's showing that he's got that work rate. He can still score. I don't expect 84 in 51 minutes, 52 minutes every week. But if he's going to get consistently 52 minutes, I would back him for a 60-65 average. The moment those minutes start nudging up, which I expect them to keep moving up because every week he's played more minutes than his previous week, I think if he maxes out at 60 minutes, then... He's still going to be 70 average based on his PPM. Uh, I think if he gets to 65 or even... Like you saw at the late last year, he was getting closer to 65 to 70 each week. And when he did that, he was killing it. So I do like um, Jazz myself. However, it's hard to argue with Junior Paulo. He's on fire. And it's just... uh, I think it comes down to what you need. Whether you need a hooker, whether you need a back rower, whether you need a front row forward backup. Uh, in, I think right now I, I still lean to Vango for value and then Paulo and then Tohu would be my last pick just because of the uncertainty there. Uh, it's certainly not because I don't think he's playing well because he's killing it. Now, next question. Uh, so, yeah, whether it's the Trell and Tavanga with Teddy C or Hammer and Tavanga or, or whatever you choose from those three and then the Teddy VC. This is tough because I've never been a fan of Hammer in t- because of his work rate. Uh, he's obviously a special talent. He can do some special stuff that not many other players can do. But he's not the ideal you know, type of player for Supercoach. However, Michael Morgan back, playing the Titans this week. I do have a feeling that Hammer might go better playing with Morgan in the side. I just don't know. And I don't know if I'd want to roll the dice in that straight away. I think the safer option here out of these two would be to go with Luttrell and Tavanga. I, I think Luttrell can go quite well this week. Obviously, they're playing my Broncos. I own Luttrell. So uh, I think, yeah, that's I, I expect another 70-plus score minimum. Um, and we know he's got a ceiling. 
he can go 110, 120, even without goal kicking, so that could happen. But, you know, for all what we've seen with Hammer, like, aside from that one week where he scored about 40 points in that one run, and he scored 72, like, he hasn't really shown much, you know, he's had a couple of nice scores where he, you know, set up a couple of easy tries to Val Holmes early on, but that was a long time ago. He hasn't seemed even likely doing that lately, so... I, yeah, I think that's where I would lean to the first option you had. Uh, next question comes in from Dan at Barkerstone Tiger. Is Butcher a hold for another week? Uh, I'd say yes, I'm planning to do that. Now he's starting on the edge again. That's only if he's on the edge uh, or, or basically starting. If he's on the bench, uh, I would try sell him. I don't think he'll hit his break even if he's on the bench. Then, any fear that Crichton, I assume this is Stephen Crichton, embarrasses Curtis Scott and next week Stuart plays Bateman at centre and CHN at second row? any fear no I think Crichton will embarrass Scott but I don't think Bateman's going to move the center because um, what we saw last week was when uh, Valame went off this is around the 50th minute so the last 30 minutes of the game Bateman stayed on the edge CHN played center so if anything CHN's going to play center before Bateman will so I think that will be yeah I don't I don't have any fear of Bateman playing center basically they're going to need him in that back row and yeah uh, next question comes in from Damer at Damer underscore pegs. I've got a quandary, ranked 810, uh, well done on the rank. I uh, can't decide to play Safish or go and go best to Bateman and Walters to Nuff, leaving 240,000, or swing for the fences and go Walters to Munster and best to Latrell, leaving 14,000. Love the pod and thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, so look, looking at your team, um, I can see your center wings, Lomax, Yo, Katoa, Best, who's injured, and Avarillo, Eisenhuth, Willie Army. So, mostly off the back of that, I think you need to go Latrell for best because, I mean, I do what I can to not play Avarillo this week against the Storm, and Latrell, I think, has got a good matchup. I think you need that depth, basically. Whereas, um, as much as getting Bateman in is really important, you've got a pretty stacked back row with, I mean, Matter when he's back, but then McInnes, Lolo, Katoa, Talakai, who's starting this week. So, I think. In your circumstances, I would lean towards getting uh, Munster and Latrell this week. And you can worry about uh, whether, you, I mean, if Matto's still out next week, maybe just go Matto to Bateman. So you don't need to worry about the cash issue. So that's how I'd probably play it there. And I think the last question for today uh, comes in from T underscore Manuel. For a one week play, Hines for the Storm or Darius Boyd, both can fill the 5 8 spot. Give me Nico Hines against the Bulldogs. I think that's the way I would lean. Darius Boyd, um, I don't think he's going to go as well this week, that's for sure. He, not, not to get into a rant, but honestly, I I feel like two of those try assists, line break assists, are definitely Milford's. And it's because Darius Boyd was the fullback that he's been given this, those by default. You know, I'm not going to get into the scoring inconsistencies, but to the eye, and, and this is not just me being a biased Milford fanboy slash Milford owner, these are other people telling me, going, Milford did great work, that was his try, he should have got the try assist, and line break assist, so, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, Boyd, you know, if those those were reversed, he would have been uh, only scoring 32, he, he would have lost 32 points from his score, uh, and, and not had 40 from those instead, so, yeah, Nico Hines, I think, we've seen some pretty good stuff from him, he seems like a really switched on footballer, and I know from a super coach perspective, we haven't seen that much of him. But I reckon he's going to have a decent, pretty, a pretty decent performance this week. Whereas Boyd, I mean, if the if 
the bunnies turn up, then there's every chance that we end up with a situation where um, Boyd just scores 20s or 30s. And yeah, that could be uh, Heinz's floor as well. So that's probably the way I'd lean. There is a little bit of risk, a uh, bit more risk on Heinz's side because, like I said, he's a bit of an unknown, but I like him as a player. He's better right now than Darius Boyd is, that's for sure. All right, um, thank you for your questions as always. Um, hopefully I've answered them. If I haven't, please uh, hit me up on Twitter and I'll try to get back to you before kickoff tonight. Uh, aside from that, uh, the, I'm pretty settled in my trades. I think with Butcher starting, I'm going to keep him in. I'm going to trade out Rudolph. I know he's got a little bit more cash to make, but it's not that much and I need his cash to upgrade this week. And I'm also going to trade out Pappenhausen. Uh, Storm have a tough couple of games coming up and I really wanted Paps to play the Bulldogs, and I was going to sell them afterwards, so Paps will go out for me via Luttrell. I'm looking, basically, I'm down to either Tavanga and Stags coming in for Rudolph and Paps, and that leaves me about three grand in the kitty. Or I'm kind of almost thinking about Take Aho uh, for Rudolph, and then it means I can't get Stags because I can't afford it. I'm a little bit short, probably like 40 grand short, so maybe not a little bit. I might end up having to go with my 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 super pot of Ruben Garrick, and or maybe looking at you know Alex Johnston for a week or something like that. Not sold on that. Uh, I much prefer the Tavanga and Stags combo. I feel like that's a stronger combo altogether. But the thought of maybe having a Take Aho kicking for two three weeks, if not longer, is really appealing to me. But I'm gonna really hate it if. Flanagan's back next week and Takaho just had the one week of good score that would that would burn for me because then I would have missed out on getting Stags at a, at a really good price and getting him for a good matchup so I will be flip-flopping between those two for the rest of the day pretty much I'll try to tweet when I've made a decision on what I do but at this point in time that's where that's that's my trade pairing at this point in time so look uh, I better get out of here I'll leave you to listen and hopefully make your decisions on your trades and things like that um if so as always you can hit us up on twitter if you've got questions throughout the week uh throughout the weekend as well and uh look good luck with your choices and yeah all the best for round 13